Hello, and thanks for joining us for another episode of the What a Disaster podcast, where we watch and review a disaster movie as close to weekly as we can possibly stand. I'm Gregory Allen, and as usual, I'm joined by Richard Sawasinski. Hello, Greg. And this time, it's Brian Latarno-Face. It's a pleasure uh, to be here. Pause for, hang on, I'm pausing for Liz to say hello. How long do I wait for Liz? Should we give her a call? See how she's doing? Yeah, let's doing. call her and see how she's doing. Uh, no, Brian Letourneau, he's, he's, he was a guest on... Uh, he did uh, the Thor one, right? He did the Thor one with us. No, so. Kevin in the Woods. He did. Uh, was it Cracking the World? Which one was it? I was drunk for all those. I, I mean, we're drunk for yeah. all of them, really. Yeah, we were most sober for the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, definitely the Thor one. Kevin in the Woods. Yeah, the one did that Thor, mattered. Yeah, Thor. Kevin yeah. in the Woods. Yeah. Thor was in that movie. Thor Ragnarok in the Woods. Yeah, it was our top. It was the musical. Episode. Yeah, the musical. Ragnarok in the Woods. Chris Hemsworth, the musical. It was. Uh, it was on Nickelodeon. <laughs> Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly how I remember it. Yeah. So, uh, B. Ryan, how have you been, buddy? I've been good. Things have been going well. Uh, I'm super excited. In two months, I'm going to Disney World. So oh, what's, what's, what's in Disney World? Have you ever been there? I've been there a couple times. Like um, twice? Yeah, it's kind of a priority. I have to go at least once a year or I will melt. Okay. I've been there a couple times. Yeah. I think, that sounds uh, like a witch's curse. More I think than this, a priority. This mo- last weekend, we went, Christine and I went, I think it was our fourth time in the last two years. I usually don't live in the real world on a day-to-day basis, so it's mm-hmm. nice when I'm actually not in it. Yeah. So it's a good fit for my lifestyle. Yeah. I, I, I he just, doesn't do drugs or drink. I couldn't even get him to taste our beer for the day. So that makes sense. Well, from what you told me, I'm glad I didn't. His drug is Disney, and yes, you're glad you didn't. So, Brian, now that we've let you out of the, the basement here, well, it's a crawl space. All right, it's a hole under the house. Now that we've let you out of your hole... How, how, how you feeling? How does it feel to get your legs stretched out again? I feel phenomenal. I felt phenomenal in there. I've been happy since I went in while I was in it and ever since I got out. So I'm in a good mood. Yeah, you're pretty much always in a good mood. I'm surprised <laughs> that the hole hasn't broken you yet, but we'll get there. Yeah. yeah we will get there. Chris and Patrick broke way quicker. They're dead. What happens when they break? Well, usually we kill them. Yeah. Oh. That's, a, that's the fun. Yeah. What fun it's, is a broken man? Uh, so, Brian, you yourself are planning... A podcast, yeah? Yeah, I am. I'm actually putting together a couple podcast ideas. Um, You're still in planning stages. Yeah, still in planning stages. Obviously, I'll have one on Disney World because I'm obsessed with that. Okay. And then I'm going to put together a a gaming podcast also, uh, talking about some retro games and not so retro games and uh not just reviewing but kind of playing through them and just discussions around it so okay. you'll get the names and stuff so nerd shit yeah okay fucking loser that's what um, happens when you don't have friends yeah oh, i know i know it's good to see you again Brian. it's yeah oh, it's, it's on, always man. good to, it's, uh, i mean i don't i don't know if we mentioned it on the first podcast but i've known brian a really long time you know no, i did i mentioned that, that i've known him since pretty much since middle school yeah um I have no memory of Greg until just today. So yeah, this is the first time he's seen me. But the the hole does that to people. <laughs> no, it's good to be back. Uh, and I, the roofies. 
I've enjoyed listening to the podcast so far. Have and you been listening? Yeah, oh, that's good. I'm glad. Yep, you're I, one of the six people. All right, who <laughs> <laughs> listens to it like the first? Hey, if you're listening to this podcast, you're part of the base. This yeah. is the base of the right, podcast. You're on the ground floor. ground floor. That's right. Yeah. Welcome. You're the people that we're going to thank when we are winning awards for podcast. Do they do award podcast shows? They do. They do. We'll apply okay. for some. Yeah. Once we once we start winning those awards, our ground yeah, people. Yeah. They're oh, yeah. Be the people. You'll we be the ones of. that yeah. we thank by name if you. <laughs> Give them to us. All right. So we do have a phone number. I'm going to throw it out here now, too. Why not? Uh, it's 209-781-9113. Tweet at us. Tell us what you think about uh, the movie yeah, we're going to watch Are today. we Podwad, P-O-D-W-A-D, on the tweeter? Yeah. You just, you know, look look up what disaster podcast or in a search. You'll find and it. And we are Wad Podcast on Instagram. And, of course, you can find us on What a Disaster on the Facebook. And uh, t- tweet us and tell us what your favorite dinosaur is, because today we're uh, watching Jurassic Park. Oh, why did we'll do a poll? Yeah, we'll do a poll. We're gonna release a poll before this episode airs. If you vote, then we won't talk about you on this episode because it's already recorded. Yeah, but, you're gonna uh, love it. Yeah, you might not hear your name. Well, you definitely won't hear your name. I uh, brought some dinosaur trivia with me today. You didn't bring dinosaur. I trivia. swear to God, I did. Trivia right me up. Let's get some. Let's get some dino yeah. trivia. One of them happens to relate to the Stegosaurus. Oh, I love the Stegosaurus. That's my favorite dinosaur. I don't know if you knew that. What is it that we think, or what is it that the scientists, the the pillars of truth, think that the plates on its back were used for? What were their main purpose? Knocking food off of trees. Mm, close sex. Close. Sex with trees. Close. Sex with food from trees. Gosh, that was really good. You nailed it. <laughs> nope, to disperse heat. Nice try. Oh, so they're like heat sinks on their butt. Exactly. And their spine. Yep. And Reli- their head. Reli- uh, and their Regulating tail. temperature. Regulating temperature. Why would that regulate their temperature? I have no idea, dude. It's, it's some shit on it's their It's a back. bunch of guesses that they put down in a book. Scientists suck. <laughs> Ooh, here's the most boring answer I could give. <laughs> so the right answer is not the pterodactyl or the stegosaurus. It's definitely a T-Rex. T-Rex is the best dinosaur. Is that what you're saying? hundred right percent because I like to go with the most generic. Because you don't want to play tennis with your dinosaur egg. friend. Yeah. <laughs> the favorite ice cream is vanilla. Hey, di- hey T-Rex, you want to go have a catch? <laughs> Well, that's a sad groan, by the way. <laughs> it, he's cool enough to be the star of a movie that was the highest grossing movie from 1993 to 1997. Is I that believe. we're back, uh, dinosaurs yeah. story? Yeah, and he's the best. All right, so now that we're so fucking far past this <laughs> short limit time that we gave for guest eh, talks, it's 16 minutes. So we're not 16 minutes. That. Yeah, that's yeah. like seven. Yeah, I'll pull that's five. It's just yeah. like seven. No, just, it's 15 minutes for the first. Oh, part shut up. Just come anyway, out of it like you guys planned. It'll, it'll shut up, up. too, Brian. Both of you shut up. Yeah, just, this I'm is my up. podcast. I'm going to shut up. This is my house. These are my microphones. You shut up. Just shut up. It hurts Just my shut heart. up. It hurts it. Just shut up. I don't understand what he's trying to tell us. It's like he's speaking, but <laughs> what could he possibly be saying? I just hear gargling. <laughs> uh, so why the fuck Jurassic Park, though? Come over and be on my podcast and just shut up, everybody. Shut up, Richard. Shut up. We have a guest. He's talking. Shut up. The Try r- to shut up so the guest can talk. Shut up. Would you let, let me shut up will so you the let- guest can talk? Brian, Brian, tell him to shut up. I can't. Brian, I want to hear him. Will you let me shut up? You can leave. You shut can talk up, all Richard. that you want. Please. You shut up too, Brian. I don't want to know. 
He picked this movie because it's fucking cool. You know, the, the reason I picked this movie is... Because it's fucking cool. Shut up. I did a search to try to find the worst disaster movies ever, and it's clear you guys have already covered a couple of <laughs> no. those. Oh, Dear God. Oh, boy. But I, I looked up a search, and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go with something that is me. It is defined as me. There, This movie came out in... Is it 93? Did I say that right earlier? Yeah, I think it's yeah. 93. Okay. Yeah. And when it came out, I was going on 11 years old and I was the perfect age. I loved dinosaurs. I, I loved uh, absence of realism as you guys already have learned from me today about Disney World and my life and my existence. And it was just... He doesn't have a wife or kid. He just imagines the <laughs> <Yeah. whole. laughs> I'll never forget this. It was an experience for me in the... Th- it was... Super I weird. will call it a theater experience because it was absolutely amazing. I remember going to the theater to see this. My dad... Uh, took me in the family and to hear what I heard and see what I seen as, as a little kid, I can, it's like, I'm still there. When I watch this movie, it takes me back to that day. So there's a lot of nostalgia in this movie for me and a lot of love in this movie for me, which will always overcome any sort of real critique or any sort of reasonable thought. It's just nostalgia and love. And I just, this movie is so, so me. And it's so my family and it just it takes me back to a really happy place. So even though it's an obvious choice and a very popular movie, I, I just had to go with it. Ooh, look at Brian. He's got a dad and happiness. Yeah, what is yeah, that? Way to come in here and be all braggy. Yeah, exactly. Captain Braggy Pants. <laughs> I mean, raise your hand if you if your family was great. Yeah. Oh, at least you want it. Oh, oh, oh there's oh, one yeah, hand. One hand. Out of, two hands. Oh, two, two hands. hands. Two hands I out got of two six. Hands to raise. Yeah. No, it was it was a it's just such an experience. And ever since then, I've always chased at the theater a movie like Jurassic Park. And it's very rare that I can ever like get you know, you're chasing that perfect video game or or that perfect uh classic uh, addict. So everything know, has to live Disney World for everything me. has to live up to Jurassic Park for you. Yeah, and it's and and have it, you seen Infinity War? I, I have. It's not as good as Jurassic Park. It, well, now we're comparing experiences. I mean, it was really good. It was really good, but that ties in the nostalgia. That's cheating because it ties in the nostalgia of Thanos and me when I was a kid. So that one. Were I you guess, Thanos as a kid? I absolutely was. Oh, wow. I was responsible I didn't know for that. This movie, uh, Greg, there's a couple of cool things about this movie. First off, it was directed by Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. I know that guy. Well, but, I know uh, of him. I've you know, uh, seen his movies. James Cameron was actually on the short list. He, was, uh, he wanted to direct his movie, but he admitted it that the one Spielberg made was probably better, but his would have been more violent. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm glad Steven Spielberg did it then. Yeah. You know, uh, Michael Crichton wrote it. It was actually... Michael Crichton just prints money, basically. So when he writes a book, people just make it in He's dead. movies. Michael he, Crichton's he dead? dead. Yeah, man. No, well, he made is a, he? Yeah, Michael Crichton died like 15 years ago, maybe. He died on November 4th, 2008. So there you go. Oh, yeah, Michael Crichton's been, 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 been dead for like a, a long decade. time, which is what I just said. I thought she was going to say while listening to us on this podcast. He died the same year the first Iron Man movie came out. Yeah, that's yeah, sad that's for him. True. That is sad. He's he missed, missed out, out on, on the whole entire, entire MCU. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, poor Michael Crichton. I mean, I don't know if he would have cared about him, but Steven Spielberg's my favorite director of all time, which actually goes Steven along. Spielberg. I mean, yeah. he kind of fits with the Disney mold, so I get yeah. it. He will, and he goes with the whole. I love things that happen to be popular, like uh, the T Rex. <laughs> like, of course, Steven Spielberg. Steven your Spielberg is the T Rex of movies. God, he's, you're so generic, he's so intimidating. He's got big teeth, and his just his arms are so tiny. You're so pedestrian, <laughs> Brian. Like everything's normal about to you. To be fair, though, uh, Steven Spielberg released Schindler's List the same year as Jurassic Park. Yeah, so. I, and thanks for ruining yeah. any jokes that I could possibly have made about Steven Spielberg. By bringing up Schindler's List. That pretty much <laughs> means no more jokes, guys. One of the so best movies of the all time. The rest of this episode is going to be somber and dark. Well done. Well, and he, he actually uh, was filming Schindler's List towards the end of the production of Jurassic Park. 
in Jurassic Park, he's, he's personally storyboarded every single scene. Yeah. And not only that, he actually uh, did every scene with little models. And yeah. he did uh, um, he did like a pre-recording. So they Claymation and stuff, yeah. yeah. I saw that. And he actually even cut the movie without CG. Yeah. Because he was worried that the CG was, was going to look bad. And he didn't want to release a movie with bad CG. Yeah, yeah. And um, that is amazing. <laughs> is that just a regular plug? It's a MacBook power adapter. It's just a regular one? Yeah. Really? Yeah, you just take out the plug that goes to the wall and it turns into a bottle opener. What? Yeah. I mean, you just watched me open two That's like a ones. life hack thing. <laughs> yeah, Greg. Uh, All right, so Brian's talking about a life hack where if you take the part that plugs into oh, the yeah. wall off of a MacBook power adapter, you can use it to open bottles of beer. This is an educational podcast in every way. Every way. <laughs> but you're right about um, they, they did stop motion uh, stuff. And, and and he was nervous about how it was going to turn out because this was like the first time this much CG has been done. I mean, there was Terminator 2. There was a couple other small examples. But to this scale, it, it was fun to, to learn about how this movie sort of ruined stop motion in the industry and turned them into dinosaurs. And one of the uh, stop motion guys, I read something where he joked and he said, yeah, we were the ones that turned into dinosaurs during Jurassic park, but some of their skills were still used for animation and how the CG was going to turn out. Yeah. They said like, now we're extinct. And they kind of stole that line for Jurassic park. When Dr. Grant was talking about how Jurassic park makes him archaeologists extinct. extinct. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? Um, I'll say this about stop motion animators. Their skill set is incredibly relevant in 3D modeling and technology because, I mean, they still people still need to have an understanding of how things move. And that's something that agreed uh, a stop motion animator has and a lifetime of practice doing. They just have to try and learn the new media for this movie. They invented a device. It was like a small puppet shaped like the dinosaurs and they would they would move it and the computer would record the 3D sort of animation and where this thing was going. Wow. And they would use that literally for some of the CG animation and how to model it after. So um, learning about the discovery of how they put CG into this movie was almost like accidental. Like we needed just a little CG and then one of the main uh, special effects guys came to Spielberg and he's like, hey, Steven, I think we can do a full-on uh, 3D animated dinosaurs. Let me show you some things. And they just kind of not accidentally flowed into it, but just naturally flowed into it as they discovered they could do it. Yeah, and it helps, too, back in these older films with early CG because there's a lot of film grain, and it, it, there's a lot of rain, too, and the rain's yes. used to kind of refract the, the stuff. There's a lot of tricks they use to make these look good, and that's why the CG, one of the reasons why the CG looks so good. Uh, it, it 1 million percent still holds up for the most part. Yeah. The CG in that movie is so much better than the CG in, uh, just as an example, Jurassic Park 2, 100%. Jurassic Park 3. Yeah, both it, the CG was so underwhelming and poorly done. You yeah. can tell it was done by people who were just like, eh, this is part of our job now. I'm just going to bang it out and mm -hmm. ship it yeah. off. Yeah, these guys were, in Jurassic Park, they were on trailblazers. And yeah. if you're an animator from Jurassic Park 2 or 3, and you're insulted by what I just said. Good. Look back at your body of fucking work, you piece Good. of shit. <laughs> well, Jurassic Do Park, better. it was a milestone. Do better. It was a milestone movie for me in that when my parents were younger and Star Wars came out, 
it was like movies are going to be different from this point on. And when Jurassic Park came out, I knew movies are going to be different from this point on. Like sitting in the theater, I was like, something's changed. They've upped the game. You were 11. Fuck you. (laughs) I know, right? At the time, I didn't know (laughs) that the game, (laughs) the game has changed. (laughs) But I knew like it was going to be different in every movie for a while. Prodigy dinosaurs. (laughs) You should have been in the movie. You could be a little Timmy. (laughs) But but uh, I didn't know. But like the sound was so much better in the theater. I didn't know because uh, Spielberg made the theaters like get DTS into this movie and, and up their sound game. Yeah, th- yeah. Oh, man. I Every time a movie comes out where basically theaters are forced to upgrade their sound, I am so happy. Yeah. yeah I sound is it. like my number one priority for movies and the, the movie going experience. You can have the biggest damn screen you want, but if it sounds like garbage, just it takes me right on out of there. <laughs> uh, so we got it starring the Sam Neill who has been in uh, Event Horizon. He didn't have eyes at the end of that movie. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, don't watch spoiler that movie. alert for the th- <laughs> fucking 30-year-old movie, guys. Starts off as Gravity, ends as Hellraiser. Uh, Laura Dern was in this one. She's uh, the worst uh, captain in Star Wars. Yeah. And then we've got Jeff Goldblum, oh, right. who was the fly. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's Those are the people. Who'd you guys like most in this movie? The T-Rex. <laughs> I mean, the people. I can't remember the name of the actor that played the guy that runs the park, but he was my favorite. Is that who's that? Is that Richard Hammond, yeah. Yeah, it was the next Hammond? one down. Harrison no. Ford turned down uh, Sam Neill's... Uh, well, that was dumb. He, he said he doesn't regret right. it. Could you imagine? Like, I mean, I do. I don't care what Indiana Jones thinks. Harrison Ford. I care what I think. <laughs> that would have been great. That would have been great, yeah. Look, Indiana Jones, if you're a listener of our podcast, this is real talk here. Fuck you. Get a little closer. All right. Harrison Ford. You just want to sit there and be like, oh, I wouldn't have. I don't regret not making a great movie even better. He's just going to sit there and mumble. Sit there with on your pile of money. I don't care where it is. But I want you to think about how sad you've made me personally. I I can't even live my life now because this is going to haunt me until my end of days. Till the day my eyes no longer open and my heart no longer beats, I'm going to rage inside about you. <laughs> you go straight to hell, Harrison Ford. You go straight to hell. He's definitely a listener. Oh, without a doubt. That's why I got very, One of the very eight. angry with him. <laughs> so the budget, it cost money and it made money. Oh, It made way more money than it cost, <laughs> which is usually a good sign for a movie. So it's $63 million. It's been released in theaters like twice now. Yeah. Was it was sixty three million a lot in ninety three for movies? Uh, yeah, Man, that's a pretty big. I mean, I know it was a big budget, budget but I'm like, like I'm Waterworld was the most expensive movie when it was released, and that was like one hundred and fifty million dollars. So sixty three million dollars still seems like a lot. Uh, yeah, and when it made opening weekend, it actually had it was number one grossing film of all time until Cameron showed up with Titanic and blew it out of the water. What was Titanic about? Was that a movie? Opening was that weekend. the one with the sharks? Opening weekend it made fifty million. I think that's pretty good. It seems pretty good. Yeah. But then movies like Titanic show that you can make a lot more than that opening weekend. A billion dollars. First movie to gross that, right? That was worldwide uh cumulative. Wow. Yeah, That's really fine. Good. We're gonna we're gonna break. What's gonna happen is we're gonna go feed a sheep to our T oh no, a goat to our T Rex. And uh when we come back, hopefully our T Rex will have eaten the goat and will not want to eat us. He slashes at you with this six-inch retractable claw, like a razor, on the middle toe. 
He doesn't bother to bite your jugular like a lion, see? No, no. He slashes at you here or here. Or maybe across the belly, spilling your intestines. The point is, you are alive when they start to eat you. So, you know, try to show a little respect. Hi, my name is Richard. I'm here for the audition. Okay, it's not an audition. I just asked you I to tell us what scene your audition. fucking dinosaur noises is from. It's not an audition. What the hell the microphones doing here? Then make the Velociraptor noise. Can we please just do that? Do it for free. You know what? Let's see. Let me show you what a professional does. Brian. Brian Letourneau, 11-year-old actor. Also here for the audition. Oh, Jesus Christ. Avoid that. Anyway, my favorite dinosaur or my favorite Velociraptor sound is when they uh, like the, they're chasing the kids and the Velociraptor like calls to their other ones and it just sounds oh, like it's yeah. coughing up a hairball and he goes, <laughs> Yes, you stole That's mine. Absolutely amazing. Well, if you hadn't fucked around with this audition bit that you're doing over there with Richard. That's definitely my favorite. So Spielberg did all the dinosaur sounds with actual animal noises and he combined some animal noises. So wait, he. Yeah, got together with animals and they yeah. all sang. Yeah, he hung out with them. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah that's cool. Yeah, he made friends with them. Yeah, the like the uh, T Rex was like a pig and something else. A penguin, and, honestly. <laughs> a pe- was there a penguin? <laughs> yeah, there's a penguin in there. Yeah, the, they make uh, weird noises. The raptors are uh, dolphins and walruses. Walruses for the low tones and different uh, dolphin sounds modified. That's why it can do the bark and the call and sound like a smart dolphin. Oh yeah, that's all awesome. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. kind of neat. I, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of thought that went into why they use the things, but nobody's going to appreciate that. Well, Except for us. They, they got not, I mean, I don't really even appreciate it. I'm just glad they did it because mm-hmm. so, the sound in that movie was terrific. I yeah. agree, and I will now emulate... Up. I'm going to emulate the sound exactly as the movie does. Okay, here we go. <laughs> there you go. Did they say bonk? I don't know. It sounded like a dino bonk. That's how you get other raptors. So oh, watch well, out. Because some raptors are going to bust their through way. your ceiling. Brian and I have both done <laughs> velociraptor calls, and one of us definitely got it right. Somebody tweet us let us know which one of them got it right. If most. you are attacked by dinosaurs because you're listening to this without headphones, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We'll put a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. Unless you're Harrison Ford. Unless you're Harrison Ford, in which case, fuck you, man. Honestly, if you build a park. I, I love Sam. Now, hang on. I don't want Sam Neill to feel disrespected here, and I know he definitely will listen to this episode. Yeah, because let's be honest. What he else was is Sam terrific in this movie, and I loved him in, was he in other things? I'm just kidding. I loved I loved him in Cracking the World. Event Horizon. <laughs> he was in The Piano. He was in The Piano. Mm-hmm. Is that a movie? The Penis? The piano is a movie. Come on, it's, Richard. It's a movie I've never seen. I just Come know the music. On. Michael Nyman wrote it. It's amazing. Oh, he wrote the music? Mm-hmm. So I do want to talk a little bit about something kind of serious that's not at all related to Jurassic Park. Great. Uh, the middle of April, an FDA recall on Bush's baked beans was ended. I'm really concerned about the beans you guys have in your houses. I've actually, I saw your post earlier on social media. Did you check your beans? And I immediately texted my wife and said, check the, the bushes, baked check beans. Check the beans. And she said, I'd be happy to. So right at the beginning, we see the amber, right? With no, the rustling thing. trees. Rustling trees. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the, the yep. opening's the first imp- encounter with the Velociraptor. I love the way the this movie opens. Yep. I oh, yeah. love the way yeah, this movie I forgot, opens. I don't know how I forgot that. That's... 
that the scene set, was the cage, like, yeah. yeah, everything. I love the way this movie opens. We don't know what's going on. We just know there's a cage and there's an animal. We know it's a movie about dinosaurs, obviously, because, you know. Yeah, I've seen it a thousand times. Yeah. yeah. Any movie that opens up with a, a wild rabbit animal and crocodile Dundee at the beginning and dinosaurs are implied to be in it by the title, you know it's going to be a good ride. Yeah, and uh, um, in, in that scene, I, I, I watched a clip on YouTube today of that scene being filmed, and it showed Steven Spielberg directing the actors and everything and, and talking, and it's funny because as as the raptor sort of gets control of the situation and grabs somebody and begins to pull them into the cage, um, and, and, and uh, Spielberg's yelling at the actors like, okay, he's pulling him in, he's pulling him in further, he's pulling him in further, and then at that moment, right when he kills the guy, that he says, okay, scene cut. And then it's funny because Spielberg claps and he just screams, well done, well done, well done, great cut, great cut. It goes from like death and mayhem to jovial excitement, awesome scene. <laughs> it was just funny to listen to everyone celebrate that this guy it's died like, on Good set. job, dying guy, <laughs> yeah. 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 It was just funny to see the, I thought the, the shift. Uh, so we gotta, do we count first death as it happens in the opening scene, Greg? Um. Yeah, that's absolutely first death. Yeah. I mean, that's within minutes death. of the movie starting. First yeah. death, boom. Yeah, first death. I mean, that poor handler just. Yeah, this is the whole beginning of the plot. Is that yeah. now all these investors are worried that this place isn't going to be safe? So you better bring in some professionals to prove that it's going to be safe enough to be profitable. Right. You know, he goes. The investors aren't convinced. I'm, I'm not, not convinced. It made no sense. It's supposed to be the way around. The investors aren't here. What do you? This movie hates lawyers. Everybody digs on lawyers, though. That's kind of common practice. This movie is really mean to lawyers. A lawyer's job is to represent pieces of shit at some point or another. And they have to do it for money. Part of the justice system. You're right about that observation, though, Rich, because... They are definitely dicks (laughs) to lawyers. Spielberg actually says after the movie was filmed, he's like, I know it seems like I have an issue with lawyers, but I promise you I do not. Because you're right, (laughs) this movie hates on them. Jesus. This is actually a pretty good transition into the lawyer because that is pretty much where we move into the next scene. Yeah, the next next scene is the lawyer meeting up with... uh, He was supposed to be meeting with somebody there, right? Yeah, he, he was, was supposed to be meeting with Hammond at the mine. Yeah, and he but like, instead he met with one of the guys digging for Hammond. Right, exactly. Hammond was supposed to meet him there, and he met like his paleontologist worker. The, guy. Then they had found another uh, mosquito in amber or something. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get to a very cool scene where they're digging up a Velociraptor skeleton. Yes. And we're introduced to Doctor Sadler and Doctor Grant. Ellie are, and Doctor Grant. That's how they go in the movie, right? They always call her Ellie. And they always call him Dr. Grant for the most part in the movie. You're right. He's She is definitely a more accessible person than than Dr. Alan Grant. Nobody calls him Alan except for Ellie. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm, the uh, Jeff Goldblum, almost always calls her Dr. Sadler in like a, an endearing way, though. Yeah, so that is the exception. He's a creep, though. He's yeah. like <laughs> he's Dr. So Sadler. Creepy. We'll get to him. He's, he's, got, he's, he's got a Boner Jams VHS. <laughs> But they're 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 there and they're I can't remember what, what, what were they digging up raptors is that what you said yeah they were using actually these this um computer technology to um get um visualization of the raptor bones under the ground and, they, and so they were well, the first thing you see they're brushing off some of the bones and when they're looking at the computer stuff the whole time Dr Grant's just saying I hate computers he's yeah been, I mean, he's he's a luddite. He's- you know, technophobe. he's anti everything. He's as anti well. He's as antiquated as the things he's digging up. But Doctor Grant's consistent. He is reckless with the lives of children through this entire movie, and he demonstrates it with this kid. He's like, he's, he he wants to treat kids like they are adults. Yeah, exactly. And that yeah. is that is yeah his 
modus operandi. Yeah, they, they tip off the idea that he's bad with kids right off the bat. Yeah, so we uh, were now about to finally <laughs> meet Hammond. A helicopter. Of course, there's a helicopter in a disaster movie. Make a helicopter sound, Greg. Didn't take All right, we got our first helicopter. Hammond show. Boom. Helicopter, Hammond. They're like, cover up the dig. Where? Dinosaur bones. But they don't know. There are real dinosaurs now. But I love him because he acts like a billionaire to me. If I was a billionaire, I would totally do that. Oh, God. I would be so, I would be just absolutely awful. I'd walk into somebody's house and people would love and hate me because if I were a billionaire, I would be a total dick. But I'd be like, here's a bunch of money to cover all the shit that I just fucked up. Yeah, because I have guilt, right? So I'd be a guilt. I'd be a dick. I feel guilty. Now, Resolve grew, my we guilt we grew up cash. poor. Yeah. So, I mean, you just, all of a sudden you've got all this money and you just, you fuck somebody up and you're just like, I know how this is affecting you. I can empathize with this. Here's a bunch of money to cover it. But that was hilarious, right? Sorry about your right? couch. <laughs> whipped cream comes out of most things, but not that much whipped cream. So we're going to get you a new couch <laughs> and it's going to be couch. great. I hope <laughs> you're going to pick it and you're going to have some leftover money. When I was a kid with this, the reason I, this is why I love Dr. Hammond or what is he? He's not even a doctor, billionaire Hammond, right? <laughs> Mr. Billionaire, Mr. Hammond. Man. The reason I love him is I, when I was a kid, I, I, I saw a guy who looked like him and no one was around. And I wished I could have made some sort of reference like welcome to Jurassic Park. Or I could have said something like I spared no expense. Years later, my wife and I see a guy dressed in all white, same age, white beard, same look. And I had this chance to redeem myself. And I said to her, we spared no expense. And she caught it. And it honestly, it's been the best thing that's happened to me since then. You know what would have happened to me? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> You're like, might be the highlight of my life. If I would have got hit by that I bus. Don't, I've arrived. I've I don't want to <laughs> undermine your story, Brian. I do appreciate it. But what would have happened to me? If I had been waiting my entire life to make that reference, is I would have been like seven herbs and spices. <laughs> it would have KFC been a KFC Hammond. reference. Oh my god! I, I, I would have been it. I called him Colonel KFC. It would Colonel have been my last KFC. I never noticed this. I never. You guys are totally right. He's he's he the, is colonel. the colonel. He's a colonel rethemed for dinosaurs. Oh my god! So, the cur- no, fuck! He's just trying to make bigger chicken. He's just trying to make bigger chickens first. Buckets. His buckets are gonna be huge. I think that they walk into their home, and then Hammond's in their fridge, and he wait, wait, opens wait. up. Uh, you're right, right. Hammond's in his fridge, but can we talk about this scene for a second? Yeah. Hammond's bent over in white yoga pants, basically, just like <laughs> it just, just pretty much look like yoga ass pants. everywhere. His ass is just yeah. it's just booty. <laughs> it's it's a it is the sexiest shot of a sixty year widest man booty I've ever seen. <laughs> third widest booty you'll ever see in a trailer. Yeah, <laughs> bent over in front of a fridge. It is the first use of teleportation that I'm aware of in this movie. I know one other spot where it's funny because the helicopter lands. It hits Maybe the ground. There were two helicopters. Quit being a bitch. Maybe. And the pilot points to the trailer and they walk in and he's instantly there. Somehow he beat them into the trailer. Let's assume that they were distracted by trying to cover up the dig site and he ran in while they were. And that's possible. Or he got dropped stuff. off further away. I think there's good explanations for a lot of times. <laughs> I, like, yeah. I like the idea <laughs> that he climbed down a rope. Like now a that I think about it, there's three examples of teleportation, but let's let's move on. He just drops right the fuck in through a sunroof on that thing. You know, like 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 admission impossible or something, like a SWAT guy has a rope. He's like coming down back first. His drop his of sweat hits down. the ground, but since there's no sensors, it doesn't matter. And bro's <laughs> carrying a bucket of chicken. That's the biggest happening. bucket of chicken. <laughs> biggest bucket of chicken. <laughs> it's it's 40 feet high. Colonel KFC it's Hammond. It's just full of brachiosaur legs. 
so so Hammond's saying basically this scene is this scene we can talk about a scene for this scene makes me laugh every time I see it. But Hammond just goes, "Hey, we were saving that." Yeah, yeah, because Hammond opens up some champagne because he's celebrating with these. With these dinosaurs. Hey, people. we were saving that. Hey, we were saving that. <laughs> I just wanted to interrupt you twice. So Hammond's like, you know what? I will fund your digging for three years. Just come to my park and check it out. But he doesn't tell him any other details. He's super secretive about it. Yes. But they're really excited already about having their their stuff funded for three years. And Greg and I both have worked with scientists and researchers, and yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, that's yes. they spent all the time trying to begging for grants. He. He, Hammond basically made their lives. He goes, three years? Like, fuck yeah. Are you kidding me? All we, so for three years, for at least two years, all we have to do is science. We don't have to worry about begging for money. Yeah, nobody's fighting. It's uh, just we have the money. We can stay here and just yeah. order the things we need to make this happen. See, that makes more sense to me now because coming in as somebody who hasn't worked with researchers before, I always thought, okay, that's great, three, three years of money, but now that you guys have sort of explained it, it sort of adds value to that. Yeah, I understand. Funding their dig means paying the people that are there with them, paying mm-hmm. their graduate students, paying for the stuff to, like the, the technology, the equipment, paying for their food, their yeah, where they're living. Like their that's, salaries. That's, yeah. that's everything. And he, and he had previously given him $50,000, which mm-hmm. is a small amount of money, but that's not funding. No, dig. no, that's, that's not three years worth of dig. That's one. Right. That's like two graduate students at most. Gotcha. Back in I mean, graduate students don't make shit. So, so, they, uh, so that's uh, why they I celebrate. recently had some conversations three graduate with graduate students. students. Like four <laughs> graduate students. Makes sense. I like it, though. I like, I like, I like the technology. I like, that do- I like that Dr. Grant talks about birds, how dinosaurs are like birds. And how this is this is early science. It's actually early research. Yeah, this is kind of yeah. like the 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 early '90s, late '80s is kind of the first where it first took hold that dinosaurs probably weren't giant lizards. They were probably closer to, or at least a hybrid of bird lizard. Yeah, and yeah. Spielberg pulled in a paleontologist for some realism behind the ideas behind Dr. Grant, and that's where this came from in the movie. That's why it's in the movie, because he brought in somebody who who sort of advised him to to go this direction with the bird. What we're going to do right now, uh, because we probably have more than enough to fill up enough space before a break, is we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more <laughs> Jurassic Park. You shouldn't use my name. Dodson! Dodson! We've got Dodson here! See, nobody cares. Nice hat. You're trying to look like a secret agent. And we're back. <laughs> All right, so we are. We, we we let's just fucking zip through. Everybody's seen Jurassic Park, right? You've seen Jurassic Park, Richard. Honestly, you've seen Jurassic Park, Brian. One of the few movies I've probably seen twenty times. Oh Not god, more. I've seen this movie. Oh, yeah, but anyway, yep. we're we're gonna we're gonna cut to the chase here. We're gonna go through some characters here. We we get into a helicopter uh, with all the characters that are now involved with. The Jurassic Park, what's that, a tour investigation, just trying to get this thing figured out yeah. so that investors know that they can trust that this park's not going to eat people, right. which is what happened at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> which the is what always fucking happened. So yes. I don't know what they were expecting moving into First this. movie, though. First movie, so maybe they won't eat people. This is yeah. the only movie, Jurassic Park movie, where you, can, where you can go, I get it. 
Yeah, I get it's it. Ellie and uh, Ellie and Alan Grant are now in a helicopter with Malcolm, Malcolm, and Hammond, and we're chopper chopper. Oh, do we want to talk the- about uh, Fat Guy and? Dodson. Oh yeah, Dodson for sure. We have Dodson here. Yeah, See, when they, no one cares. That is another Samuel one. Of that is a very important lines. moment in this movie. We find some subversion, some some espionage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when and I love Nedry. that scene because there he is Nedry. out on like this Polynesian like paradise beach eating something or whatever. And when Dodson walks up and he says that line, Dodson, we have Dodson here because Dodson's worried that hey, don't say my name because I'm obviously the bad guy and I don't want anyone to know that we're doing bad things. That was another moment in my life. I might have been in tears laughing because I thought that was hilarious that he's just such a douchebag that he's like, we have Dotson here. And it's like, funny. See, wh- nobody cares. Yeah, yeah. You're not a secret agent. Don't be so stupid, Dotson. Uh, Dods- why Dotson and Nedry are having this meeting is shaving cream. Dotson wants Dotson wants to give Nedry this fancy new can full of shaving cream. No. Fuck you, Brian. I thought that's what it was. No, you weren't watching the movie, were you? <laughs> you had your chance. 25 years you've had a chance. 25 years. 25 years. Five You're not 11 anymore, years. Brian. Don't yell at an 11-year-old. I'm still 11. Fuck you, 11-year-old bitch. Anyway, but- Dodson and Nedry are meeting because he Dodson wants Nedry to steal embryos for dinosaurs so that they can have this technology for his company. And essentially, they want to create dinosaurs, too. They're, they want to build these embryos. They're stealing research so that they can be on the cutting edge and also have these dinosaur theme park. And this is where you see the ultimate douchebag move by Newman, right? Is, oh, that whipped cream. Yes, he hands him the, the, oh. the shaving cream. And you he's can try very, it if you want. He's very excited about how this is going to work. What are we going to put these embryos into? Well, it's a cooling mechanism in a shaving cream can. Four eight hours. And he fills his hand with the shaving cream. He's like, oh, and it even works. And he laughs and he has this high-pitched giggle that's like... <laughs> And I love it. It's so raspy. And, and he I like takes, how much excited he is about it. I would have been yeah. too, though. It and was he's cool. like just so excited. And he takes this cool whipped cream glob yeah. that he ha- or, or shaving cream glob that he has in his hand and reaches over to the waiter table next to him. And he and puts, puts it, on, it somebody's, on a piece of pie. On, on somebody's pie. And he leaves it there. So somebody's going to oh, eat perfectly. shaving cream. Son perfectly. Of a bitch. Yes. He puts it on yes. there perfectly. It does look great. It, it looks, looks like, like a commercial. A, <laughs> I wouldn't even be mad if I ate that pie. That looked great, but tasted a little off. But fun. I would eat this again. Fun fact from Jurassic Park: that shaving cream can was actually picked out by one of the prop guys. He just straight up went to like the drugstore. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'm right. He did. I wrote that in my notes. I didn't even know that was true. What I wrote, I wrote in my notes that that shaving cream can is from a head shop. It's a, a weed shop? stash. It's a weed stash can. Is it? Yeah. Oh. And they just, they just they, 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 and the prop guy just put a little like spring mechanism on it. Nice. Yeah. And, and you, sorry. He, well, the reason that, that caught his eyes because he liked the colors of the can. It's a Barbasol so, can. What do you mean? He likes the colors. He liked the colors. He's like it's Barbasol. The most generic damn I like can the name, of shaving this cream and there is. And then but the, the, uh, the one, the, the one the head shop won't spray the actual of uh, shaving cream out. So they did. They modified the. I was really confused thing. by that can. By the way, my dad used shaved gel, mm. which didn't come out as foam. It came out as gel, and when you lathered it yeah. up, it would foam up. That was a good scene, though. So, but so that kind of tips things off, so you know, okay, this is the one going to be one of the main problems is that uh, Newman, bad guy, meets Dodson, and he's yeah. going to try to steal some dinosaur embryos from the good guys. Yeah, that's it. That's 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 kind of the, the yeah. driving force for the bad stuff that happens. Yeah, that is the trigger. Yeah. So now we get to the park. We've got everybody choppering down. We got Malcolm. And it's a beautiful who's shot. We see. Yeah, well, they introduced Malcolm at, in the helicopter, right? He's a catician, yeah. which is the only thing I really have to say about Malcolm is that's a hilarious thing to say. I'm a chaos. I'm not a mathematician. I'm, I'm more a ca- like a chaotician. 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 <laughs> chaotician. I fucking. I loved 
Jeff Goldblum's character as a kid. Yes. I fucking hated him this time through. I hated that pseudo intellectual you know bullshit. Because the whole Jeff Goldblum's time. character slept with every one of your girlfriends when you were in your 20s, Richard. That's true. Uh, 100%. Every one of them. All right. So we, we, we were introduced to him who he's flirting shamelessly with, with Ellie. Ellie Sadler, yeah. Dr. Sadler, to him, but to nobody else. <laughs> and they, they're flying in the helicopter. It's gross, actually. It's, yeah, it's pretty nasty. Um, it's abusive. He does no science. He just flirts on her instead. Yeah, he's 100%. This is the science of blood. water on your head. This is the good stuff. Imperfections. Oh, microscopic. And then great. Microscopic imperfections. God, you're beautiful. Can I bang you? Hamming makes makes a comment, which is another one of my million famous lines from this movie. He says, I bring the scientists and you bring the rock star. And (laughs) it's just a hilarious comment that he makes to the lawyer. That's why, because the way we feel about him... Uh, I, I was I was reading a, a review that Roger Ebert wrote back in 1993. Oh, good idea. Okay? And yeah. he was not a huge fan of of the characters of this movie. He wasn't really a giant fan of the movie if we read through the whole thing. he's a ding-dong. But one thing he says about the human characters in the movie, he literally says this line. The human characters are a ragtag bunch of half-realized, sketched-in personalities who exist primarily to the scream utter dire warnings and out with the monsters. I completely disagree with that because of this conversation we're having about Jeff Goldblum's character. There was real work done by these actors and by, and by Spielberg and everyone involved to make these people have personality and for you to care or hate them and, and to, to, to drag you in. I do kind of like that Ebert hated the human characters, yeah. but I don't think he realized why he hated them. He hated them because those characters were real enough that they triggered something inside him that made them made him not like them because they are all very well done. I, agree. I it's, they just are all such strong personalities in what they're doing that it's hard to make them tangible as people. But I've had interactions with people just like every single one of them. Yeah. So we get to the island. Everybody lands on the helicopter, and there are people. And fi- so we go on a tour of the facilities, and we we finally figure out how. Well, no. We first we see the dinosaur, then we see how. Yeah. So, yeah. Everybody's like, I, I would be too. They're we're just on like, these fancy pants jeep yeah. tour thing with in, in Jurassic Park, and we are first and probably Steven Spielberg's best scene ever. Is when they first see the what is that a Brachiosaurus, Brontosaurus, whatever it's supposed to be in 1993. Yep. And I mean, honestly, it's amazing. We see first we see the reactions of the people looking at the dinosaur, and how Hammond is just like giddy with trying to show them this fucking cool ass toy that he's got. Actors like theater actors for these roles, you know, and you can see it. And this this is where you can see it. Everybody's. Legitimately, looks excited. Everybody looks scared and excited in this movie it, when they need to be. You I, know, I, I, it's I agree. Awe. And, and it's funny because Jeff Goldblum tells the story about this scene, and he talks about how Spielberg was talking to him like, "Okay, now look amazed. Now, now start laughing with excitement for for no reason, just because you're so amazed." And that's exactly what Goldblum does in in the scene. And then Ellie's uh, whoever Ellie's real name is uh, tells a story about how Laura all Dern. it was was an X, a big paper X with a Sharpie X on it that they hung in the tree and said, you guys are looking at that. That's the dinosaur. So it's fun to watch that scene and watch their faces in the wonderment. And that's when you feel the full impact of John Williams. Uh, so we see the dinosaur, which is a big deal. We And um, the big Richard had an important note here. One of the first things Dr. Grant notices is the dinosaurs do move in herds. Uh-huh. And I wrote, uh, uh, much like all of Greg's ex-girlfriends. Oh, yeah. so... Um, <laughs> Let's talk about that. 
<laughs> what does that mean? You know, it's a support group, and, and they call it the herd. Okay. Most of my ex girlfriends do move in herds, and they do eat like they, they. So they all have really long necks, yeah. so that they can get to the leaves at the top of the trees. I've ex- well, not exclusively, but nearly exclusively dela- dated literal giraffes. Yeah, little giraffes. Because like, so they go they go to this ride, and that's where they get to meet Mister DNA, who explains the dinosaurs are made from uh, frog. Yeah, the, 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 like and, they found blood in a mosquito, and they cross it with a frog. Yeah, with frogs. They, yeah. they they filled the gaps with, with frog Amphibian information. And I don't know how that would work, but you know what? Fuck it. It's It was loose science, but it's yeah. actually I remember as a kid, we were all like close enough. I'm glad somebody at least tried. Yeah, the they movie. said DNA yeah. and then they explained it away in a way that almost would have made sense to a layman, so let's go with it. And Mr. DNA had an awesome southern charm to him. Like <laughs> he did, he had the accent. Yeah. Dino DNA. Dino I can't DNA. even do it. <laughs> Bingo. As a, as Dino a, DNA. A, yeah. Wow, that was really good. As 11-year-old Brian, I can't talk about this movie because it's a theme park without talking about Disney World. So they get on this ride, which is pretty much a reversed Carousel of Progress. Like, it spins around the lab instead of... Well, no, it actually is like Carousel of Progress because yeah. the show's in the middle and they're on the outside spinning around. Mm-hmm. And I love just the whole mechanism of them sitting and getting locked down made me think of like... Uh, some old rides that used to be in Epcot Center, and I like connected with this part of the movie because I was like, "Oh, I would love that! I'd love to sit down and uh, have the little video and everything." It kind of hurts my feelings when they get up and they they break the machine to get out yeah, because so I, I wanted to see the rest. That's a common. I agree. I wanted to see the rest yeah. of that tour too. But that's a common theme throughout the movie is um, con- what perceived control versus actual control. Yeah. In yeah. that the perceived the perception was they had control over this scenario start to finish. In right. reality. That control was 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 fake. And it, it was fast. It, I mean, it, it, it was never. The fuck, they couldn't close the fucking door properly. It, it was, was never <laughs> real. Yeah, right. Because uh, even, even at the beginning the of the, the first scene in the movie, everything was: we have a process. We're following the process. We are in control. Nope. Yep. Now with Dr. Grant, he and has no respect for the for the for, for the uh, technology. That and holds every him in time, place. every time they lose control, the chaotician Jeff Goldblum makes a comment like, well, "Told I, you so. I, we couldn't yeah. predict that would happen." So yeah, I here to do my job. I here, yeah. here to do my job. But Take and, my shirt off and talk shit. So now we're gonna go on a beautiful tour of Jurassic Park. We did find out dinosaurs can't breed because they're all females, and that's where Jeff Goldblum goes. That's bullshit. And that is bullshit. Life will find a way. Yeah, and that's, you know, and I agree with you. That's when they were talking about this Velociraptor and everything. Uh, Two things I want to point out about the Velociraptor scene where the baby comes out. Even as a kid, that was the least convincing scene to me. I did not like the baby puppet coming out of the egg. I just didn't find it believable. It didn't look right to me. It was, in my opinion, one of the worst special effects, and people love that scene. So I disagree. And the other thing is that you guys need to notice, this is probably going to be the most important part of this show. I'm declaring that now. Velociraptor has every letter in the word helicopter except for the H. It's one of the few words that has that. (laughs) Nice. that was rapid fire and i appreciate it and at the meal this is where we find out that hammond has some people that disagree with him and he realizes that the lawyer is the only friend that he has on the team because everyone's worried about you're cloning dinosaurs what's gonna happen the lawyer's like oh shit dinosaurs we're gonna make money sell this (laughs) i think everybody in the audience at the very least was aware that people were going to disagree with with hammond on this one yeah most people the way the way they they presented it the way spielberg presented it he, he he takes he puts everybody in the same place. I mean Spielberg is masterfully accessible. I Let's do. talk about our beer, Greg. So uh this week is the Shorts Brew, Shorts Brew 
which is a uh, local Michigan company, and I think we've had some shorts before on the, the podcast. Sweet, pretty interesting. Yeah, they, they, they've got some. They've got some good beers. This one's what's it called? Anniversary Brew. Yeah, or Anniversary beers. Ale. So we picked Anniversary like, Ale because this is the twenty like fifth anniversary <laughs> of Jurassic Park this year. Uh, it, it was released originally September twenty third, I think, in nineteen ninety three. Yeah, it's crazy. It's about twenty five years ago, which yeah. is an adult ago. It's a, it's a drinker ago. It, you can now legally rent a car without too much concern. Your insurance rates are lower. So is this a, <laughs> is it a good brew then? How do you guys uh, rate this? Thing? Uh, you know what? My first sip of it, I was unhappy. Right? I was really sad with my first drink of this. After I finished two of them, um, <laughs> it's a strong beer. Yeah, it's it's certainly it's got some it's got some oomph, which I'm good with. Uh, it was a bit too hoppy originally for my first really? sip. It was it just I it stood out, and it may have been because I had some gum in my mouth just before pe- we drank oh, it. Peppercorn too. Yeah, it was it was a very bitter beer. Let me read let me read the description of this beer. It's, it's, but it's, after the first one, the second one was fantastic. <laughs> it's got a lot going on. It's got a description on the bottle. Oh, on yeah. the bottle. Let's... I love that. I like reading the descriptions like on a Betty Crocker. This is box. A too bad you're not allowed to read this because it's beer. That'll get you drunk. Shorts That's brew. against the law. Shorts <laughs> brew anniversary ale. It's a blood orange wheat wine ale, which I don't know what the wheat wine is. I've never I don't understand that. Ale with peppercorns, blood orange, and orange zest. I honestly like. Whoa. I'm a big fan of anything with a little bit of orange in it, mm. as far as beer is concerned. But I'm with Greg. The first couple of drinks of this were a little weird. It's the peppercorn, Greg. The peppercorn has like a bit of a kick to it. It, it it's a little it, like almost a little like tangy, a little yeah. spicy. But once you get used to that spice, once the spice like wears in on your tongue, it, it actually tastes pretty good. Um, I would say drink it. I give yeah. it a drink it. So I, I I really don't know what a wine wheat ale is supposed to mean. Um, uh, shorts if you're listening to the podcast give us a call let us know anyway um, (laughs) Mr. Short I want to no it's like I said my first drink of it I was unhappy with it not just like this is not that good it was to me that first drink was bad and once again that may have been the gum that I had just chewed too so I'm not going to judge too hard on that because as I went through the first bottle it it did get better and better I I I did like it though. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Oh. So drink it for Greg too. Drink nice. it for the two. That's of a us. winning number. Have a brewski for the dudeskis. Yeah. So, and as you guys know, uh, what we talked about on our last episode that I was uh, honored enough to be a guest on. Um, I'm, a, I'm what we call a predictive alcoholic. I haven't drank and I don't plan on it because who knows? I'm not w- w- willing to take that risk. What if he I could be an alcoholic? He won't even swish a beer around his mouth and spit it out. Like, on my what if I love it? Then I'm in trouble. My life is ruined. So on that note, and because I need attention and I'm hungry for it all the time, obviously from me, my, me on this podcast, I brought themed candy for the movie. Oh, oh you brought you dinosaurs and you didn't tell us. I brought Haribo dinosaurs for, uh, oh. for all of us. So here is our a themed candy. Um, I'm going to try one Are now. gummies? I've never had one. This is the same company that makes gummy bears. It's the most popular brand of gummy bear You're in right. the world. I love gummies. So... We are on a tour. Oh, we we're we're gonna we're gonna get in the jeeps. We're gonna meet the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the little girl and the little What's boy. Her name? Timmy's the boy. Tim, little Tim, the human piece of toast. Oh, this is when we meet Tim. Yeah, Tim and uh, what's the girl's name though? Lexi. Yeah, yeah. Lex, Lex. Ariana Richards. They don't say her name very often in the movie. No, like, they don't. I write these things down as I catch them. They do call her Lexa uh, like twice, and we I caught that because my daughter. She just spends the whole movie scared. Even the so. first scene, she looks terrified. This is where we get to see the iconic Jeeps in the movie. Yeah, they're pretty neat looking. The electric they, cars, they the auto drive. Yeah. Green, mm-hmm. yellow biz on them. They, kind of early 
auto driving cars. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Uh, they have CD-ROMs, which pseudo is super autonomous. Fancy. They have a track to yeah. follow. But when they when they get in the car, they play off the idea that uh, um, uh, that our our main protagonist male does not get along well with kids, and he makes the kids sit in the other car. But Timmy's a total dinosaur nerd. He reads all these like n- novels by r- dinosaur researchers. So like he's actual like scientist. Doctor Grant's biggest fan. Grant's. Yeah. No, he's not though. He's, he's challenging Grant's theories. Oh, that's true. Yes. He's like he's like so. You said they're like birds. Well, this guy doesn't say that. Eleven year old boy reading those kind of books. Yeah. And chasing Grant or Dr. Grant around. Dr. Grant's still being a dick to him. And he's so annoyed. <laughs> and he closes the door on his face while in the middle of a conversation. He he's annoyed with cuts the, him off. He's annoyed with this kid who's obviously pretty brilliant. <laughs> you gotta take we gotta take this. So so Newman's gonna take all the systems down to compile some code. He's he tells us over and over to everybody. Nobody cares because nobody knows what that even means in this movie. <laughs> They're like, okay, whatever. He's like, Yeah, I gotta I gotta turn down the systems two millions of two million lines of code. You know, it takes a long time. We don't have enough processors. But we have VR in. Yeah, Nedry is very much like, he's being very suspicious in his behaviors as well. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> Didn't say the magic word. I'm glad he took time to record that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nedry's plan to go steal the embryos was to shut down the systems that were basically going to get him from his office. For 15 minutes. Will you shut up and let me fucking I finish? I, I noticed. Can't. My God, were to shut down the systems that would get him from his office to the embryo sto- refrigerated storage system and then out of the facility in about 15 minutes so that he could get on the boat, get off the island with the embryos and be good to go. And I We're assume it's a good fucking plan. Yeah, actually, I assume if they want to fuck with the computer, it would have worked because I assume the system was going to reboot itself after 15 minutes. Right. But uh, Samuel Jackson goes and starts fucking with the computer to log into it at some point in the movie, a little bit yeah. later, and it locks him out. That's and it locks out all the whole system. If they would just left it alone, it would have been fine. It would have been. Would've, and yeah. and that mixed in with something else we haven't mentioned, which is there's a tropical storm on the way, so a huge storm coming. Um, Had it not been for this storm, the plan would have gone off yep. without a hitch. It's the Nedry st- would be off the island with the embryos, yep. and the tour would have continued as planned. It was it's- a storm mixed with the fact that the tour with the grandkids was at the same time, mixed with the fact that he chose to do this at the same time. So it was just bad timing all around. It was like the perfect storm for everything to go wrong, which actually, the, another fun Jurassic Park fact, this during the beginning of filming of this movie – there was a big hurricane at the filming site. They were literally at the dead yeah. center of this, and it like it put it it put it delayed it for a few days. But the whole cast was together, huddled up in their hotel with yeah. the hurricane. Just so you over. know, the perfect storm is another movie that we may end up watching. Oh, oh God, no. it's a two thousand movie Mark directed Mark. by what Wolf? I will Wolf not Gang be here Peterson, for that. I think. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg's in it. There is Doctor Samuel L. Jackson. I don't know his character. He's not name. a doctor. I mean, he's he might not. Samuel he's probably Jackson. not a doctor. Yeah. The character's name is almost certainly not Samuel L. Jackson. They, they said a few times, but <laughs> he actually he actually doesn't name very much. But his, all of his all of his moments on screen are great. He's yeah. just chain smoking and being bad at computers the whole time. It's he was awesome. he, he was very That's good. True. Uh, so yeah, they, the system shut down. They're trying to find a way to get it going up again, and uh, yeah, he's gonna reset stuff, I guess. Yeah, but at the, at, meanwhile, we have jeeps. Jeeps. Oh my stopped god. Stop working. Where is the Jeep stopping in the rain and the dark? But what in front of? There's uh, that's there's no way that something dangerous could be happening. I mean, there? originally they were on no their way. tour and Dr. Grant jumped out. They stopped in front of some small dinosaurs, right? Yeah, you know, um they didn't see anything for a while, which is I like that. That's part. ideal. I really like that part because it's kind of like what would happen. You'd be on that you'd be in that fucking park, you'd spend all this money to get there, yep. and you wouldn't see a single 
no dinosaurs show yeah. up. If I had a dollar for every time I went to the Detroit Zoo to see the polar bear and I didn't see it, I'd be a billionaire because it is totally true. You do not see the animals at the zoo. And every time I go Park. to Disney, I don't see any Mickey's other than a giant mouse. Well, yeah. well that's true. You got to go. To, you got to go in the thing. Yeah, you got to get in the line. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. <laughs> it's like mini Santa Claus. Yeah, fuck that. No, you're right though. You like they don't. See, it's yeah. a very disappointing tour. So now Doctor Grant once again jumps out of the fucking jeep. Yep. They beat us six stegosaurus, which has no subplot other than the fact that it's it's a, it's a way to separate Doctor Grant. And yeah, Ellie. and it, it yeah. really didn't matter. It just separated the characters. So Ellie goes yeah. off with uh, some of the um, the zoologists or veterinarians or whatever you want to call them of the park to go figure out what's going on with the six stegosaurus. Yeah. Doctor Grant gets back in the jeep with everybody else, the kids, the that, lawyer, and Malcolm. That sick dinosaur is the first time that the actors see a puppet that is a uh, that is a dinosaur, mm-hmm. and that sort of wonder that they have is is actually sort of real because they're like, I can't believe how real this thing wor- looks. This movie's going to work. That's so the it's, same dinosaur that Steven Spielberg posed in front of, and then it like, caught all that controversy later on because like, <laughs> he killed it. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Yes, I remember that. I mean, yeah. people posted yeah. that, that like he, he hunted the last Triceratops or whatever. And <laughs> I didn't know it was Spielberg. It's ridiculous. Like, people are dumb. So then we had our people separate it. The, um, you know, Malcolm, Dr. Grant and the kids go back to the Jeeps and they did to finish a tour yep. while, while Ellie goes to take care of the Stegosaurus. And that's when shit goes bad because everything breaks. The Jeeps stop moving and Nedry causes this shutdown. It's raining. And we get one of the best Not tension yet. building scenes ever. Ever. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. The, yeah. The, 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 the Jeeps stop in front of the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Right. The porta potty. <laughs> that, that was, Everybody that takes was accurate. It wasn't a porta potty. It was a real potty. It was, it was a, a full on toilet. That was accurate. And, and you're right. It stops in front of the. Um, in front of the, the, the T-Rex, T-Rex cage. And the, you when they first stop, you see the goat that they were chaining up for food for the T-Rex. Yep, still hanging out. And <laughs> he's, you know, he's just chilling out. And then she looks out the window and she's like, where did the goat go? Mm-hmm. And, and do you hear the footsteps at this point? No. No, not no, just yet. The glass of water is oh, actually wait. later. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's it's a Malcolm yeah. scene, actually. Yeah, that's the Malcolm you, scene. In your brain, right. you always want to put it here. And this it's is probably not. where it should have been. Is the first T-Rex going to kill you scene? But it's later. I, oh. I was actually a little disappointed. When I watched this story, I was like, oh, this isn't where they put the guitar string under the glass and made it ripple, which is how yeah. they did the effect. Oh. It's actually the most difficult effect in the movie, but that comes on later. Yeah. So are, are the kids messing around with like the night vision goggles? Yeah, they're point? horsing around with the night vision goggles and the flashlight. Is and... it heavy? <laughs> yeah, that's another one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. lines. Is it heavy? Yes. It's expensive. Then it's, it's expensive. expensive. Put, put it down. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Those glasses yeah. are actually awesome. One of my favorite props, and they were underused in this movie. But the yeah, the dinosaur comes, the T Rex comes, and now we got some murder finally. Yeah, so where's the goat? And then you just hear like the goat's leg or stomach or something whumps on top of the truck. It's yeah. a leg, and it's a good jump <laughs> you see, scare. You see the leg. It is. Is that a leg? I, yeah. I yeah. I feel like it was a. You piece see the of bloody stomach. leg. It's a PG thirteen movie, kids movie, and the, the, this bloody stumpy leg from this goat is just sliding. And that freaks down. the kids out yep. naturally, yeah. but they don't realize that. The power's out and that the fence is broken. Mm. And this is. They uh, think they're safe right they, now. Yeah, they say more or less. The T Rex is on they're the other side the of the electrical fence. We're safe. We're fine. fine. As the lawyer does the right thing, it gets out of the, the, the car, it goes to the bigger building to hide. Mm-hmm. Right. And he goes and sits on the toilet, but he leaves the kids, and the kids are like, he just left us. It's like, yeah, it's kind of a dick move. You're, yeah. And then. You're um, adult. 
uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum makes a comment to Dr. Grant, something about maybe the kids are afraid at some point, And you begin to like realize like, Hey, this guy has some sort of care for the children or, 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 or something like he's aware of other people's like, especially kids in their yeah. state of being, you know? And this is where we find out that, uh, T-Rexes can only, uh, their visual acuity is move. based on movement in yes. this movie. Yes, and Dr. Ham or Dr. Grant knew that. In the book is not the case. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it says, you know, that's when Jeff Goldblum jumps out of the car. Heroic. The two, the two, actually, Dr. Grant jumps out of the car and does it the right way with the road flare and he yeah. throws it. And 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 the, the T-Rex is gonna go get the road flare. Goldblum Ian Malcolm, Malcolm the dumbass. Yep. Like, I wanna be I wanna be a hero too. Yeah. Hey, hey, totally hey, true. hey, and then just runs with the thing and yes. gets trampled. And this is what gets the lawyer eaten. The way it was, yeah. the way it was originally <laughs> written is that he was supposed to have the same behavior as the lawyer. He was supposed to also run off and, and like sort of disappear and be sort of cowardly. And Jeff Goldblum is actually very proud of contributing to the movie in this moment. He actually talks about this a few times and he says, well, actually, I, I talked to Steven, Steven Spielberg, and I, and I told him, you know, I think my character should have a different reaction. And instead of just running off and hiding, I feel like my character would try to be heroic and and, and, and distract the dinosaur, which is obviously going to be a huge mistake. And, and Steve really liked that. So he was very proud of yeah. adding that moment because that was not scripted at that all. That was a good moment. It felt better of his character, I think. I, I agree. He, he was it, still selfish. He, he was like, I want to be the hero too yes and like and he gets out the dinosaur i actually really like that scene he runs with it and he throws yeah and he, he throws the road flare he goes but he keeps running it's like what the f-? yeah and that's and that's when uh uh malcolm gets the lawyer killed because then the dinosaur chasing malcolm sees the lawyer knocks over the building sees the lawyer and eats him so uh greg the next scene on this is uh this is where we get uh newman trying to get out yeah newman's trying to make his escape which is uh, unsuccessful. Is that something that stood out to you? It really did, honestly. I always every time I watch this movie, I kind of always root for Newman to get away. Sure, it, he just he just he's so pathetic. He's just so pathetic, and he's so bad at driving that Jeep. He's running into shit. He just <laughs> wants a couple bucks. That's all he yeah, wants. He's just he's bad with his money. But you know, the one thing about Jurassic Park is if somebody in this movie talked about how a dinosaur kills people. You get to see it. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. he gets killed by one of those Dilophosauruses or whatever that shoot venom. Yep. And that's when the, um, the, the container he's holding with the embryos, he drops it and it falls into a pit and gets covered in mud. That's it. You know, and, and Dr. Grant's back saving the kids. Uh, Timmy, Timmy's in the car still. Yeah, it, the car falls off the yeah. edge. And and Timmy's still in it. Dude, you know what? I'd like to point out that from here on out, Timmy gets the short end of the stick. Yeah. Yes, which is so good about his character. He definitely gets beat up. But he's, he's optimistic he's, the whole time. He's yeah. a victim. He stays cheerful yep. as, well, as much as he can. So they, they get pushed off of the, the cliff into the tree, uh, and then Timmy gets beat up on his way down. The the the, the, the car falls down. They try to climb down. The, the car almost falls on him. Pretty much at this moment, um, Richard's going to throw a Haribo. We're going to try. Ow, oh, that was pretty good. It was a cheek hit. Um, it hit me in the top tooth. <laughs> Which is in the mouth, really. That was really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. what the dentists call it, the top tooth. Your top <laughs> tooth is looking good My today. top tooth. So <laughs> this is the last time I give a shit about the kids and Alan Grant for the most part until yeah. the, the very end of the movie. Um, not that they did a bad job with their exploration of the park and getting around, but they had a whole fucking park full of dinosaurs that they were supposed to be exploring and walking around and trying to get to the main 
compound area. And all they did was some dumb shit in open fields and some electric fence. It was just, there was so much opportunity and it felt incredibly wasted with them. Yeah. They really don't matter until the end of the movie. Mm. I mean, you care about the characters, obviously, because you've been introduced to them, but it, meh. Uh, so they're mm. trying to get the park back up and running. And Samuel L. Jackson's idea is shut the shit down and reboot it. Yeah, It'll just take restart some time. it. We shut it down, turn it back on. That fixes stuff. Believe turn it off, me. Turn it back on again. If anybody in this room has lived that life, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> I understand that turning it off and back on again fixes it. A lot it's of my things. job. Turning stuff off and back on is my day to day. So Ellie meets up with Malcolm and she's looking for the kids. And while she's looking for the kids, Malcolm got a little fucked up fighting the dinosaur his leg got fucked up so he's hanging out in the back of the one of the gas jeeps waiting for ellie to come back with um the hunter guy who's maldoon 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 yeah mm. yeah so she's waiting for the hunt he's waiting for them to come back and while he's waiting that's when his wa- glass of water starts to ripple and i read that this was the hardest practical effect to do in the movie they couldn't like it was in the script they wanted to do this with the r- ripply water they couldn't they didn't know do how it. to do it they took a guitar string and ran it underneath the dashboard and they plucked a guitar string and that's a sound wave right and then t-rex shows up again chases them they get away in the yeah. jeep of course <laughs> then, it, this is a really important iconic scene that i want to talk about and they get away from the, well, the, the important iconic part is the uh no the that whole chase is like how the object and mirror may yeah. be closer than oh, they appear about that. The, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah object and mirror must closer go faster that's must good. go faster yeah and jeff goldblum before they put him in the jeep was one of my favorite lines another one of my million is they say hey should we try to move him as if his back is broken because he hasn't spoken anything yet he says oh please do try yeah <laughs> he please he's like oh please do try to move me you know it's like it's like, like yeah you're right great great object and mirror closer than it seems and they're they're, they're driving away and Jeff Goldblum falls. So Jeff and Goldblum, we're told how fast a T Rex can run in the open at the beginning of the movie. Fifty-five miles an hour, and that'd be miles hey, an listen. hour, like a bear, same speed as a bear. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so that's really like that, honestly though that that it is a pretty awesome scene. And it's a pretty awesome scene. Yeah. And after that, we pretty much have just. Uh, um, it turns into a fairly generic. I, well, I, I won't say generic because it was the first one to do this with dinosaurs. Uh, just kind of a suspense movie, you know, for a little uh, while. Which is a, why it's so important that you like these characters because a good suspense movie or horror movie versus or monster movie versus one that's not good is all based on are these characters believable? And do likeable. I do I give a shit about these people getting eaten by dinosaurs? Right. And I think by this point you're you're rooting for Timmy, you're rooting for Grant, you're rooting for Goldblum. If we had a team of that lawyer, none of us would have cared, and the movie yeah. would have been over. Yeah, we got we got him out of the way fast. Yeah. As far as the kids and Dr. Grant's uh, storyline go, there's a point where Timmy they have to climb an electric fence and. Timmy gets electrocuted because uh, they managed to reset the breakers. And we'll, we'll talk about that storyline in a second. And Timmy gets blown off. And the whole time, like, Dr. Grant's really kind of flippant with the safety of these children. He, like, there's dinosaurs around. He's not trying to get them in the safety. He's like, look at how amazing they are. It's like, no, man. Yeah, if I had a, uh, an 11-year-old climbing a 10,000-volt fence, I'd be screaming the whole time, move, move. There you would be, be nothing. No, you, you definitely wouldn't leave him up there on his own. There would I, be no taking your time. I or, would also like to say I wouldn't test it with a non-conductive material like a dry stick. Stick, yes. Because yeah. that's, that's not going to make any yeah. electricity show you oh, anything. Oh, and he scares him by electrocuting himself. These kids have been through so fucking much already. Yeah. He does the, like, the fake, oh, I got electrocuted thing. <laughs> kids well, gotcha. And then, and, then, and then the girl screams, and you hear dinosaurs <laughs> coming forward. It's like, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you right. think was going to happen? With, with this fence, we do. It's another scene where we ignore obvious things. 
Dr. Grant tries to squeeze through it. It's very obvious his huge shoulders aren't going to fit. And then he just says, okay, we got to climb. But Timmy would have easily fit the through that thing. both would have easily fit you, through like, oh, yeah, As point. they're climbing it, if you look easily, they could have just slipped right through the bottom and Dr. Grant would be climbing this thing alone. So my theory is Dr. Grant hates children. Yes. He thinks, I got to climb it. You okay. got to climb it too. I'm going to beat you over and try to slow you down. He even says like, be careful. Be care- I'm gonna, I want Timmy to die. That's Dr. Grant. What's what so now, headquarters? Samuel L. Jackson's idea of shutting everything off and turning it back on was great, except it somehow tripped a power breaker, the main breaker for everything somehow. Yep. And they needed to go <laughs> turn everything back on. Good news. The, the, the breakers in a shed across the field, half a mile away. Yeah, Which you, you didn't mention. You don't need power relay stations anywhere near your main compound. Right. Why would you do that? No, it doesn't make any sense. He didn't mention no. this when he did this, but after the fact, he was like, oh yeah, of course, I'm going to have to go. Like, we, yeah. And he just pieces out with nobody. <laughs> <laughs> no I talk about it. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go switch that. It's just a couple clicks up the mile there. We'll just go do the thing. Yep. Steve Irwin is sitting there next to him and he's got guns in the locker and Samuel Jackson's like, peace, I'm going to go hit the breaker be back tomorrow. I'm good. <laughs> Nothing bad could possibly happen to me. Nothing's bad to anybody today. And this is after people are dying. <laughs> yeah. And the dinosaur has eaten somebody. But at least the storm is over. Yeah. That's so true. he runs oh he runs and leaves. And when nobody hears back, we decide that maybe a couple other people should go and try and get this shit taken care of. Well, we get another hold on to your butts though before he leaves. Yeah, yeah well, that's good. Fuck, fuck his butts. Hold on to hold your butts. This is the dramatic hold on to your butts, yeah. right? <laughs> this is when he's shutting everything off. One hold, hold on, on your butts. On your butts. Hold on your butts. That <laughs> was my Samuel Jackson impersonation. Thank you very much. So he goes, he dies, he disappears. Then uh, the the doc and Steve Irwin decide to go over there. It's been and, ten minutes, so we yeah, they go. were gone. <laughs> he was gone for minutes. So yep, and clearly, this, something needs to be done. And this room is where Smokey Jeff Goldblum is too, right? Like he's hurt and he's on his side. His shirt unbuttoned. And his shirt's unbuttoned. And it's funny because he's supposed to be in a lot of pain. They almost do it like comically. He's sitting there like Fabio. It's like He looks like seconds. the cover of a romance There novel. is five seconds of no dialogue, just a little bit of music, and a, and a slow <laughs> zoom in on Jeff Goldblum, like, sh- like shirt open, glistening, and just sitting there looking like Fabio. <laughs> it's so funny. It's just there because. So oh. the, the so Ellie and Muldoon decide to go. They're going to go take care of business. They're going to reset this, trip this brick breaker. Finally some guns, right? And Muldoon get brings the guns a gun. out. Although, the, although Muldoon does bring a gun with him, he stares down a velociraptor and doesn't shoot it. Uh, another <laughs> action movie or disaster movie like sort of cliche. Ellie goes off the, the heroic woman. Goes off after Samuel Jackson. And no joke, Hammond takes out of a drawer that happens to be right there the blueprints, and blueprints can solve all. I I, I suddenly have the blueprints that you need to get anywhere in this park right, right at my right in my the finger my right at my fingertips. Oh, here's the some radios. Yeah. So I will say he was heavily he seemed very heavily involved with the entire process. And he was rich enough that he was probably a big enough dick that he was like, sure. no, these blueprints aren't quite. And he's 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 familiar with blueprints. Well, Pedantic sure. man. Sure. Yeah. Well, he's done enough. He's done enough uh, real estate work in his history that. Well, they, they walk her through the the blueprints and it leads to her finding the breaker. Yep. And this is where it went, this is combined with a scene we mentioned earlier about the kid getting shocked and blow, uh, little Timmy getting blown off the fence. Yeah. And I think it's one of the best jump scares in cinema history. You can disagree with me if you want. But when that raptor busts through and, and you begin to realize the raptors are there and she's in trouble, it's, it's just awesome. Like I thought it was super cheesy. Even the first time I watched me. it, I thought it was cheesy looking. 
I didn't you're like. Cheesy. I did not like the raptor head puppets. I didn't. I, like, that's all. That's all. I'm I, fine. Well, that's I'm like, fine with that. I understand. I'm gonna be disagreed with on this one. I just like that Ellie ran to go uh, prime and then reset the breaker. It didn't tell anybody on the radio that Muldoon was back there dealing with raptors by himself. Yeah, that's true. She didn't say a fucking word about the guy who was going to die. Yeah. Yeah, she got to the room and she didn't say, hey, guys, by the way, raptors are alive. She told nobody when she got there. No, nobody. Raptors are escaped. No, yeah. Alive. Didn't they, say, yeah. And it didn't say a word to anybody like raptors are out. Don't go outside. She just assumes it. And one thing I have to mention about the scene, and I don't know if other people feel this way, but remember when she primes the switch and she like pushes it? Yeah. It's the most satisfying thing. I've never wanted to push a, a button or pull a lever more. That switch looks all my, great, I just want to like, yeah. I want to like prime that, that thing. primer too. Like, yeah. <laughs> it looks like so like, ah, I want to charge that None thing. None of my breakers have ever been that cool. But it just looks yeah. so tactile. Yeah. Muller dies, right? Right about here. Muldoon. Muldoon. He dies when a uh, clever girl yep. sneaks up on him. Yep. The velocicopters like, get him. This part drives me fucking bananas. Because he's, he's a raptor in front of him. He knows these dinosaurs are dangerous and they're hunting him. He doesn't just shoot it. Right. He goes, he, he slowly un- undoes he, his he handle. Did he, did he have duds to like, the, like the, the, the bump stock or whatever that fuck that thing is? Yeah. And just shoot the fucking dinosaur that's four feet from you. And then this other one sneaks up on him. He turns, looks he at does, her. He does shoot the gun. He discharges it there. Does he? he? Yeah. He goes, clever girl. He says he, us something He takes the time to say, clever girl. girl. Doesn't, move, doesn't move a fucking muscle. Yep. Clever girl then moves a muscle. Fuck you, man. If it were real life, he probably would have shot. But it's a movie, so the clever girl helped. Eat you. Yeah. It seems like the that it's an off-screen death, technically, but it does seem like the most brutal death, like this thing ripping him apart. Someone else dies from a Velociraptor. He a lot. Yeah, but, like, it's going down, and the Velocicopters yeah. is what I'm going to call them now. Velocicopters. The Velocicopter, like, just tears this guy apart, and you could tell it's like, you do not want to be around for this. So, you know, it'd be nice if somebody would radio back and tell him and then the rest of the crew that Velociraptors are out, but whatever. No. No, yeah. no, no. Nobody knows the Velociraptors are out. It's, right. But she not... does get the power back on on the system. Mm-hmm. And the kids get back to the and park. the kids about, get back. Of course, about the same time. Yeah. Yep. And now they're they're boarding themselves up, trying to keep the Raptors out while they wait for the helicopter. Yeah. They're all technically united. Yeah. They left the kids in like the dining room where all the food was out because it was going bad anyways. Yeah. So they're eating all the desserts. It is, and um, they deserve it. They earned it. So they they discover though that they're not alone inside of the inside. They are inside of like the main lobby or main building for Jurassic Park. So I liked the Jello on the spoon, the shaking Jello. Yeah, yeah. yeah she looked. She's terrified. so terrified that she's eating lime she Jello. Always, she has a the Jello girl cue. looks scared so well. Yeah, she, she does really such does. a good job of looking yeah. terrified. The Raptors chase the kids in the kitchen. I like how she distracts the woman in the, in the, like, the reflection and yeah. it smashes its head Bonks in. its head. Everyone great. in the theater was fooled by that. When I saw it, like everyone expected this girl to get eaten right there and the raptor hits the, the counter instead. Yeah. Now, this is where, I mean, first of all, the movie kind of falls apart after the T-Rex. I'll say the second T-Rex chase scene, really. But once Alan and the kids are, are free in the park, I the movie agree. just turns to... So, it, disagree. It becomes, it, it, it's not very believable, right? We are dealing with dinosaurs here. I don't Never care mind about believable. believable. It's just boring. Like, do you have all of these opportunities and you're wasting every last one of them? It's amazing. And now we've got them all. The, the Velociraptors are chasing the everybody. Because the kids escape and they meet up with adults. And they go into right. the control room, right? They board themselves into the control room. Where, and where Newman's computer was, right? And so they're going to try and all meet up and then get to the helicopter. 
yeah. they're being chased by Once again, the, the Velociraptor. They, they get chased up into the roof tiles and they have to get out. And also, gone. this is one of the bigger bummers of the movie is that rather than the humans managing to solve their problem and getting out of there, an incredible coincidence happens and the yeah. T-Rex comes and saves Spielberg the day. Spielberg made that decision. Yeah, Lame. He did. The, the, the bones were supposed to fall on the raptor and kill yeah. the raptor. But instead, the dinosaur comes in and there's a famous... Uh, one of the guys tells this story that, that filmed the movie that was talking to, to Spielberg when he came up with this idea during the filming. Uh, he says, well, how did the T-Rex get in? And Spielberg translated that as, how did he get into your movie and this scene instead of how did he get into the building? Yeah. And he, he says, building. and Spielberg literally tells him, he says, well, through the top frame, the camera will pan up and it'll show his head. <laughs> and that's literally what it does. It's just, he's suddenly in the building and, and he's, he, he saves everybody. So he's the hero. The, right. the Velociraptors are dead. We can stop talking about how they kill people or whatever. Yeah, whatever. They get yeah. off the island. They're fucking so done. The movie's yeah. over. That's, that's how they end it. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and we will come back with our final thoughts. Our final thoughts. Our final thoughts. Not Your our. 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 Hello, kids. I'm here today with everyone at the What a Disaster podcast to address a very important topic. Despite the misinformation campaign being championed by legendary director Steven Spielberg, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, also known as the T-Rex, can in fact see you, even if you aren't moving. The truth is that the T-Rex can not only see you, but it can smell you, it can hear you, and it will get you. If you ever want to know what jaws that can exert over 13,000 pounds of pressure can do to the crunchy bits of a human body, then by all means... Just sit there like an asshole. But we are here to tell you, don't be like the lawyer in Jurassic Park. He was an asshole, and he just sat there. Do not be like the lawyer in Jurassic Park. Please, do not be like the lawyer from Jurassic Park. Ahoy, mateys! We back for our final thoughts. Yarg! Um, so we're back from the, uh, the break there, which you guys just listened to was the break. And now Richard's going to tell us what he thought about 1993's Steven Spielberg directed action adventure movie, Jurassic Park rated PG 13. Uh, yeah, Greg, I think you kind of ruined it for me a little bit. Cause when we came in, we talked about it. You were like, I really liked the first half. Not a big ha- fan of the last third of the movie at the very least. I agree. Um, I still love this movie. The sound is on point. The characters are interesting, and uh, um, it, it kind of set the kind of set the pattern for the big blockbuster movies that, that came out after it. It had its issues, but a lot of those issues didn't exist back in 1993. That exists now. We talked a lot about this movie. I don't think I have to rehash all my feelings on it. I'll give it an 8.3 on the Richter scale. 8.3 on the Richter scale. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good, film, man. Uh, B Ryan. So what, uh, what you thinking? I think I've made my opinion pretty clear on this movie. This is like a twelve out of twenty. A lot of times yeah, when a lot of times when five out of seven. A lot of times when you like Perfect think about six. movies in your scale, right? You think, okay, can this be a zero? No, it can't be a zero because this other movie's so bad. That's my zero, and all other movies are are sort of well, rated you, off your, that. Your scale, you can't you can't be re- your, the scale's not relative. It's no, subjective. You. It's you get to decide. It the changes, scale. You I know, change. I know, but like 
in my mind, almost all movies are compared to whether or not they're as good as what Jurassic Park was when it came out. So any new movie I see has to compete with this. This is my 10 out of 10. This is one of, this is definitely one of my most favorite movies ever in existence. Even the flaws in it, I find magical. And again, it's nostalgia. It controls it. That's why I think it's 10 out of 10 because I'm still 11 and I have no apologies for that. It's just, it's a well done movie, amazing characters, good writing, funny action and freaking dinosaurs that look real it's got all the things that some of the other jurassic parks don't and all the things that every movie that came before it didn't you and chris all right Slatt. so what's your final score there 10 out of 10 10.0 out of 10. on the Bryanter scale yep that's pretty intense. No apologies. Chris Pratt, man, Chris came and did titanic chris his favorite pratt? movies of all time we did not chris. have chris pratt on this oh, show chris, not uh, ever what's chris last name uh, slat it's like Which Pratt, is, but with an SL. Yeah, it's actually yeah, it wasn't too far pretty close. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I have a soft spot for Spielberg. I tried in a lot to get of movies. Chris to come tonight, but he could. He, he, oh, he, that would have been fun. Here. Yeah, because like he loves Titanic as much as you love Jurassic Park. Yeah. I didn't realize it. Like those are your guys' two favorite movies. Yeah. And Cameron Spielberg, like, Chris's feelings on Spielberg are pretty hilarious. It would have been. <laughs> we we'll have to get yeah. you guys both in for a Spielberg movie. Well, like that'll be good. And some Spielberg, I'm not. Not all of his movies are my favorite, but this, uh, the Terminal, is another ten out of ten for me. Love Terminal's it. Great. Oh my god! Amazing, just the lighting, the direction yeah. of the movie, just amazing. And not for kids, right? So like more of a more of an adult movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this movie though is just it, definitely it's the best. So Monster House is my favorite Spielberg movie. That's not Spielberg, is it? Mm-hmm. You lie. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. I love that movie. I never seen Monster House. That makes a lot of sense now. Let me. I'm Second gonna double Monster check movie? in case I'm crazy, Big but movie? I'm pretty sure Monster House is a Spielberg movie. When I saw Monster House after watching it, I was like, I can't believe I like that movie as much as I did. I never seen Monster House. It, it like it, it's it's not a Pixar film, so you can't go in thinking it is. But it's one of the few that I walk away from and go, that's as good as a Disney or Pixar film. Maybe he just produced it. I have to watch that. Yeah, phenomenal I like movie. I like shit like that. I watch that. You got to see it's 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 a little more obscure when compared to some of the I others. It was directed by Gil Keenan. So good. Oh man, we did oh Gil, yeah, old Gil Keenan. They say. I won't tell you guys what time it is. It's uh, eleven fifty one. Steven Spielberg was an executive producer on it. Great, but movie. I still liked it. Anyway, um, so yeah, Jurassic Park. Uh, it it had a lot of potential. The first half ish of the movie really lived up to it i get irked so much by movies that uh allow coincidence to save the day it's Mm -hmm. it drives me nuts like just give the the protagonists the opportunity to solve their problems an edge The, the underdogs winning is important the win the underdogs having that victory snatched by a dinosaur is neat, but it's not fulfilling for me in a story sense. Um, the movie's not perfect. It's very, very good. I enjoyed it. And for what it was technologically at the time and the way the story was told were both pretty fun. Uh, so I, I'm going to still give it a high rating, but not. I don't think it's going to be as high as Richard and uh, Brian's here because I'm going to give it a 7.5 oh. on the Gregter scale. Oh, you know. You just, a little you just slapped Kathleen Kennedy right in the face, and it breaks my heart. I don't know who Kathleen Kennedy is. She slapped. She's the one That's that took over the whole Star Wars project uh, from Lucas when they uh, when Disney got it. So Oh, well, I don't really care about well, still, Star Wars either. I'm heartbroken. I've, I've got Star Wars stuff. but The War of the Stars. Yep. All right, so that's a wrap on another episode of What a Disaster. Thanks for, for following along with us. We, we hope you enjoyed yourselves. 
Uh, obviously, we'll be back next week. In the meantime, you can uh, obviously check out the show notes. Follow Wad What a Disaster podcast. We've got Podwad on Twitter, uh, Facebook. We're What a Disaster, and on Instagram, we are Wad Podcast. Once again, you can always give us a call. You can text message us to 209-781-9113. We'd like to hear what you think. Let us know. Uh, we'll see you next week. Or hear us next You'll hear you'll, us next week. We'll hear, we, we don't know anything about you. We'll hear what you want to hear. If you email yeah. us, we'll know. You, yeah. Just call us. I'll read you if you email it. I won't hear you, though. Uh, so what's our email address? Wadpodcast at gmail.com? Yeah. You can email us, too. Just get in touch. Yeah, we love you guys. You're great. Great. Both of you that listen, you're 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 our guys. You're, you're or you, girls. You, I don't know. I don't know anything about you. If you're girls, you can still be our guys. So yeah, you girls yeah. can be our guys. Yeah, you guys can be our girls. That's fine with us. Whatever you want to be, you do you. So for what a disaster! This is Greg. This is Rick. This is Brian. Saying Michelle. Michelle. Bye. Right. Some fucking knowledge. What do, what do you guys like? Uh, what, what Final Fantasy do you guys like? <laughs> what Final Fantasy <laughs> do you guys do you like? like? Do you actually like those games? Like, you? Oh my god! Like I did. I'm raging I did as a kid in my soul right now. Let's There's be honest, a fire. Let's be honest, <laughs> in my god. For a second. <laughs>